0: Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane.
1: And I'm Megan.
0: We are two moms trying to make room in our lives for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. We hope you'll join us on the journey to think more and do with less. Not long after Marty and I were married, I began my journey into minimalism. It's been nearly seven years of decluttering, purging, and admittedly overthinking many of my purchases. I began to change my lifestyle because it ultimately left me happier. Less is more, right? This was all well and good for a while, but now I'm not so sure. As an all or nothing thinker, minimalism can leave me feeling overwhelmed or unable to make a decision. Thoughts such as, is that the right couch for our space? Is that hotel worth the money? I don't really need one, right? These are perfectly acceptable questions to ask oneself, but when does thoughtful consideration become overthinking? Hi, Megan. Hello. <laughs> Before we get into our minimalist moment and resource of the week, I thought that we could share one of our reviews. So, we've had a few lately, which is always so exciting.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: This review is from X Shop Kick Addict. Fun, light, and down to earth. Easy and simple tips to follow. Love that their voices are so calming and stress free.
1: So Yay, awesome. Thank you. I always
0: appreciate those.
1: So we wanted to share with you a listener email. This came to us after our Zero Waste episode from a listener named Val, who is from Canada. Hello to our Canadian listeners. She sent us this tip. She said that she too has felt the strain of composting when she has to get on her snowshoes to take whatever leftovers out into the backyard, which is exactly what why I stopped composting the first time I tried it. Because mm. once it started to snow, I was like, forget it. I'm not trudging out to the backyard. <laughs> so she bought a rolling compost bin that she keeps next to her recycling and other garbage bins under her carport. And it w- made it so much easier. And it cut down on the smell in the summer and then in the winter it didn't smell because everything was too frozen. So because it was convenient, it made her compost much easier and she did it a lot more. So I thought that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. I definitely would do it more if it were right with all my other trash. So. Yeah. Thank you, Val. All
0: right. So I think that you have our resource of the week, don't you?
1: Yes. This week, I would like to recommend a book called New Minimalism, Decluttering and Design for Sustainable Intentional Living. I first saw these ladies, it's a duo, who wrote this book. I believe I first got in contact with them, or at least saw their stuff on Instagram, following our Minimalist Moms podcast Account And when they had a new book, I immediately do what I normally do is reserve it from the library. (laughs) But um, this book, number one, is beautiful. It has lots of great photos of minimal design Mm -hmm. in it. It also has great information, um, an overview of minimalism, and their concept of new minimalism, which they say, exists as a middle path between traditional minimalism and over-the-top consumerism. So their concept is that when you traditionally think of minimalism, you think of asceticism or just the bare-bones minimum amount. And they're talking about a more mindful, middle-of-the-road way to be a minimalist, which is... I think exactly what we always talk about mm-hmm. on our podcast. So I think you guys will really love it. They also have an interesting um, section on archetypes of emotional keeping like, mm-hmm. what type of emotional keeper are you? Uh, Ooh, I read meaning, this. Of your stuff. Yeah. So it's
0: the pictures are gorgeous.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think they have their own business helping other people style their homes and declutter. Too. Okay. So they have lots of great insight from doing that.
0: Well, my minimalist moment of the week—it's actually something I heard on the Happier podcast that mm. we mentioned before, Gretchen Rubin's podcast—and they've discussed how if you are wanting to tidy up but you're not wanting to do it just all in one big moment, you could have a basket at the bottom of your steps or just somewhere in your house, and then whatever you need to take to different areas, you just put in that basket, and then as you choose what time you want to put it all back you have that basket full of things does that make sense yeah 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 so i've been doing that i keep it at the bottom of my steps and if there's like shampoo that i've gotten from the grocery store or if there's just one random pair of pants of charlotte's i just throw it on there and then take it up at the end of the day so i'm not making a ton of trips upstairs wasting nice time. so i really liked that tip from that podcast and i thought if people don't listen to that one they would hear it here so awesome yeah all right so When minimalism becomes debilitating, I was preparing for this episode and I wondered if the word debilitating or debilitation was too drastic, but I did a quick Google search and it's described as weakening, exhausting, and draining. So I felt like, yes, that's definitely how I feel at times. So as with any healthy behavior, our pursuit of minimalism, you can take things too far, which I tend to do a lot in my personality. So I I mentioned in the opening this all-or-nothing mentality, which I mentioned to you before the show started, that it can kind of get mixed up with maybe a perfectionistic mentality. Ultimately, I think it comes down to balance. So we've discussed the importance of balance in the past, but I think it's easy to forget when you're on a mission to pare down. And so for me, I feel like I get tunnel vision and then I'm left wondering if i make the right decision when I come out of that fog of whatever I'm trying to pare down or cut out. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyways, I just feel like I wanted to talk about this area of debilitation in my life and how I can just overthink minimalism. And that's really like not our point in this whole show or just what we're pursuing. So before we get into areas of like how it becomes unhealthy or how to kind of treat ourselves, I wondered if there were areas of debilitation for you. So for example, just before I get into these, I, like trips can be one for me, big purchases. So what do you have that can Mm. be debilitating?
1: A lot of times Mm -hmm. decision-making. I think it comes for me more on the, less on the purging or doing side, but more on the consuming side. Mm -hmm. So... I have been in a dressing room at a store Mm -hmm. and been like, "Can I really commit to this shirt? (laughs) Will this shirt be in my life for three years? I don't know. How well does it go with everything else? Or is this the best quality? Or oh, I probably should be buying something more sustainable. You know, all those things will go through my head Mm -hmm. uh, when purchasing something, and." We can talk later, I guess. We'll get into, like, ways we've overcome that, but that's definitely one of them. Also, it really always has to do, usually, with consuming. Like, should I... I know these water bottles are not the best, you know, are not the most sustainable thing. We're hurting the environment, but how else am I supposed to have all the Cub Scouts have their snack and waters and mm-hmm. all of that, you know, that kind of a thing where I just, oh, I know. So you're, you're debating, Well, debating over mm-hmm. what to do, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, when really, when I should be, yeah, like getting over that hump, it's debilitating in that way. And I'm like, I'm exhausting myself in trying to make this decision. Mm-hmm. When over things that I know before I tried to live a more minimal lifestyle, I would not even think twice about, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even, it would not even enter my mind. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you mean. And I think in differences in personality, it can come out in different ways. Um, I am definitely a perfectionistic personality or more, uh, as they they say in the Enneagram speak, the improver or Mm -hmm. the reformist, meaning like it can always be better. Mm -hmm. It can always be better. So whenever I'm making decisions I'm always like, what is is this the best decision for this situation? So, Well,
0: and I guess with my all or nothing mentality, if I'm all in with minimalism, I do tend to go to the perfectionistic side because it's like, I'm all in. I have to do this right. I have this, I guess it's kind of prideful. People think of me in that way. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to drop the ball. Mm -hmm. So again, I don't think I'm necessarily perfectionistic, but it's either I'm gonna do everything minimalist, or I'm gonna shop a ton and not care, or mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm just. I'm not gonna give it my all. So, I'd say for me, you said you struggle with the consuming mm-hmm. um, aspects of debilitation, but for me, one of the things is selling random items in my house. If I'm not happy with something, kind of like the Marie Kondo, like does this is spark joy? Mm-hmm. I'll just sell it, and Marty will come home from work, and he's like, where did that shelf go, or where is this, and I feel like that's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) If I don't like it, I'd rather sell it, get rid of it, donate it, and I don't care if my walls are bare, and my house is bare, because Mm -hmm. I just want to like everything that's in here. Mm -hmm. But then I get critiques when family members come over, and they question why my walls are so bare. If I'm not going to fully enjoy everything, or not be minimal in this area, then I'm just going to sell it and I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the areas. And then decorating for holidays was another area that I feel like it's can be weakening or debilitating for me. I don't decorate for holidays really other than a Christmas tree. And we've mentioned before on our holiday podcast that my mom was really big into doing that. So I questioned myself, am I removing something from my children's childhood that I truly loved? And then you start overthinking everything. But I'm a minimalist. Like, where would I store all of that stuff? And that defeats the whole purpose of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I would I would just say any big purchases for the home. I mean, I took three years to buy a couch that I wanted. And it, it just had to be the right couch. It had to be the right fit. And I still overthink it and, and then think, like, why didn't I splurge $300 more for the West Elm couch? All of this is debilitating. We want to live... With, like, let the less is more mentality, and I don't get more in these in these mindsets that I go through. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to talk about how to identify if your minimalism has become unhealthy, and I think one of the biggest things I've noticed is being mentally exhausted or having anxieties around purchases or just having things in your house, but the other thing is isolation from people. Some of that strays from maybe arrogance and that, oh, I'm a minimalist, and... I can't I can't participate in maybe wasting money on these frivolous things with you because we don't live the same lifestyles. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, I see. I was wondering what you meant by isolating. Not yeah. because you didn't want to see people or you were trying to cut down your schedule so much you didn't think you could go out with people, but because you didn't feel like you could spend while you were with them or what you were doing wasn't necessarily falling in line with your...
0: Yes, it, with your values right. or what you prioritize. Right. So isolation based in an arrogant, prideful gotcha. minimalism, gotcha. which again is not what we're intending for. We don't want to be judgmental, and I think that sometimes when it is your values, this is my value system. Like I think that even God talks about being minimalist and how we're and just being wise and how we spend our money. And so I think I can just take that to such an extreme sometimes. And that's why I wanted to kind of just have this dialogue because we have this podcast and this platform, and I think that sometimes people might not think that we struggle, that we might have it all together, but this is something that's really overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Do you have any other suggestions on how to identify when your minimalism becomes unhealthy?
1: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with your personality, Mm -hmm. Uh, as with Mm. any value system in your life, Mm -hmm. your personality will affect how you interact with it and how it affects you. Um, If you guys want to go and listen to, I should have looked up what number it was, but our mantra about know yourself, we talk about how knowing your specific personality type, taking whatever your personality test of choice and whatever typing system really resonates with you. But just learning more about how you operate and how you work in the world will help immensely with understanding why certain things are causing you stressors. So it may not be minimalism in itself that's stressing you out. It may be that type of or the aspect of your personality. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So for you, other people's perception Mm -hmm. is causing you stress. That's at least what I heard you say, is that, you know, you identify as a minimalist. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if I act in this way, I will be perceived as not minimalist. Mm -hmm. So identifying the problem there in that situation helps immensely, I think, in then overcoming it. So, like, you recognize that, okay, well, my issue isn't necessarily that I'm paring down too much or I have too much. It's that I'm afraid of making this decision and how it'll perceive be perceived on the outside, no matter if it makes me feel better or worse or my husband feel better or worse, mm-hmm. whatever the situation may be. So... Maybe knowing that about yourself and then using that information then to say, okay, what does Diane feels the right thing to do in this situation? Forget about minimalism. Forget about what other people are thinking. What will make me feel the best in this thing? And if it's the fact that, well, this thing's cluttering up my space and I will personally feel better because I'm living here Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it's gone, granted, If you've asked your husband or whatever, that's a whole nother basket of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or can of worms worms. (laughs) to open up. Mm -hmm. But identifying the problem is usually kind of the first step there. And then really exploring how you feel about it, Mm -hmm. all other factors outside of it going away. Mm -hmm. The thing that's really helped me is, I'm big on mantras apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of my mantras is, done is better than perfect. Mm So, when I'm just like, well, I don't know, this might not be the exact thing I need for this exact situation, or it would be better if this was a different color, or if it was whatever the situation may be, I tell, literally tell myself, done is better than perfect. Just buy it. It'll work for now. Mm-hmm. It may not work forever. That's okay. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the books that I read that just introduced me to this topic, was, and it sounds... Not exactly relevant, but it's adjacent, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the Nestor's book, Michael and Smith. Uh, her, her particular mantra is it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So she talks about she moved homes and rented many, many different homes And she just loves beautiful things and loves decorating and she would drive herself crazy because she wouldn't want to make a move or to put a hole in the wall or to paint something because they were just going to have to do it over again when they left, uh, or they didn't want to spend the money to make it exactly the way they wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. So she adopted that mantra for herself. And after reading that book, like I immediately went and just there was a hole in our wall. And I had been waiting for my husband to patch the hole and and patch it over and make it look pretty, paint it so you couldn't tell it was there before I would do anything with it. And I just went, I had this little art print. I put it over the hole, mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. The hole's still there, but it was done. And I didn't have to see it or look at it anymore and have that mental hang up. So... Knowing that about myself really helps me to then move forward. Like, I know checking the box is more freeing for me than continually, you know, my brain worrying back and forth on whether it's the most perfect thing. And knowing that nothing's perfect. Nothing Mm -hmm. is ever going to be perfect. There's never going to be a perfect solution for Mm -hmm. anything. So those kind of things have really helped me mentally to understand who I am, what will make me feel better in this situation, and to not drive everybody else insane about it too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's frustrating because even hearing you say done is better than perfect and sometimes I just make a purchase and it might not be there for the long term, I'm overthinking you even saying that because I'm like, well, do I really have the money to spend on this now? I don't. Or maybe we do. I don't know. And I allow my brain to even just keep going down that whole path. So I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right in getting to the root of what that is, whatever the anxiety there, that's probably Mm -hmm. the most helpful thing that I can do.
1: Right. Is it, is it that you need to more closely examine, I'm just throwing things out there. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what the answer is, but you know, is it that you don't know your budget fully or that You need to consult someone else or ask an outside person so that your brain doesn't whir whir on and on and on. Yeah, maybe finding something that works for you that's a check for Mm -hmm. that constant questioning.
0: I mean, I have to admit, I did want to do this episode just to get some therapy sessions from you.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know if I have the answers, but I'll I'll try.
0: (laughs) I'm still reading the book that you gave me, The Road Back to You on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, I still can't figure out my number quite. But once I do, I think that'll be very helpful in Mm. all of this that I struggle with. Mm So, all right. So some techniques that have helped Megan kind of started diving in a little bit into that as I said neither of us have arrived like this is something that we still sift through daily or weekly what have you and you hit the nail on the head when you said there's no such thing as perfect it's never going to be perfect and we can only become better versions of yesterday so we can only build on what we already have Mm and what we already know and so I just think your mentality just not allowing stuff to be the focus of my thought life I just allow all this stuff that I have to become the focus of my mental space. And I know I don't have time for that. I don't have, I have little kids. I have to watch over. I have my husband. I mean, none of us have time for that. So I think the whole point in doing with less both physically and mentally is to shift your focus to things that matter. So your mentality is huge and like mm-hmm. you kind of dove into some of that mm-hmm. as well. So do you have some other techniques that have helped? I have a few more, but I wanted to see what you thought.
1: No, I, I think too, identifying what's healthy and unhealthy Mm -hmm. too. Uh, Like you're saying, what's the problem? If if what you're doing is debilitating or making decisions is debilitating for you to the point of it's a mental health risk, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about things that aren't stopping you from living your normal life. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get to the point, no matter what your personality or if you're minimizing or if whoever you are, Mm -hmm. if you're, you have to also figure out or ask a mental health professional Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're to a point where this is, psychosomatically unhealthy yes Mm -hmm. all consuming Mm -hmm. like if if you're worried about that i would encourage anyone to go just go to a therapist go to even if you're not even sure Mm -hmm. um just having somebody to bounce it off of and say yeah that is totally normal sometimes is all you need Mm -hmm. to be able to move on Mm -hmm. from that or to help you sift through the decision-making that works best for your brain.
0: Mm-hmm. Another mentality that I actually haven't implemented, but I was thinking about this, and I think allowing myself some lax, quote-unquote, spending funds into my budget, like money that's specifically used to be spent frivolously. So you've taken the time to plan, but you can choose what to do with that money in the moment. So you know that you have this wiggle room here for whatever these funds Mm -hmm. That would be a big help if I actually implemented that into my budget. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just
1: like what these ladies are talking about in the new minimalism book, there is a level of, a a good level of stuff for each person. You are comfortable Mm -hmm. with a different level of stuff. And it's not even the same level in each area of your life. Mm -hmm. So for me, I could care less about kitchen stuff. I have the bare bones. Mm if it were up to me in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. But for other people, I may have way more books than they would ever have or, I don't know, pick a category, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is that you're passionate about. And if I had fewer than what I have, I would be uncomfortable. I would I would be thinking about the fact... I would be warring with myself. I would be thinking about it or debating over it. So I think that's a, that's another thing to keep in mind, Uh, I read a book not too long ago about the Swedish concept of, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but it's Lagom, L-A-G-O-M, and it's translated as enough, Mm -hmm. but what it really means, or more specifically what it means, is not too little, not too much. It's just enough, and they, the Swedish people, really... Strive to obtain that kind of balance mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. So they recognize that, you know, it's not about getting rid of everything, but it's also not about consuming everything. Mm-hmm. Where is that balance to where you feel comfortable, but you're not gorging yourself and you're not starving?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's finding that balance for yourself. And I really strive now to live in that place. Mm -hmm. I think if you, or at least having gone through this minimalism journey for five plus years now, Mm -hmm. there are places where I've definitely gone too far. Mm -hmm. And I realize it later. I'm, I'm feeling the sting of, Oh my gosh, I got to do laundry again because I only have five t-shirts, you know, Mm -hmm. or then I've also not, purged enough in Mm -hmm. areas where I'm constantly cleaning something up and can't figure out why I'm have this constant headache. I'm like, Oh, well I should have gotten rid of more of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah. So there's at least that's where I feel most. And I know with my personality type too, one of my highest values is balance. Mm -hmm. That's not the same with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Some people may feel the best. Like I know my mother-in-law Just loves her preschool resources. She's a preschool teacher, and she can never have enough craft supplies. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are not enough craft supplies in the world for her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, she's learned to, because of just physical space, Mm -hmm. learn to keep it down to uh, an amount that she could handle, Mm -hmm. but... When she was living in her own house, there were rooms and rooms filled with craft supplies because mm-hmm. she had the space, mm-hmm. and it didn't bother anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there are other personalities where you know you just have to know yourself. You go back to that all the time, yeah. and and what is what most comfortable, comfortable for you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just keep coming back. So you figure out you do you. Mm-hmm. You figure out what works for you, mm-hmm. and stay in your lane, and don't worry about what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If they're going to judge you for this, uh, know what's best for you and what works best for you.
0: Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up this conversation, I wanted to leave you guys with a quote from the minimalists. Um, They say, minimalism is simply a tool to get rid of life's excess so you can focus on life's important things. Things like relationships and pursuing your passions and personal growth and contributing to others in a meaningful way. So I think that that right there is really our mentality of this podcast as well. And so if we just shift our focus and keep that balance, we really don't need to allow these things to become debilitating for us. All right, guys. So do you struggle with debilitating minimalism? Let us know. We invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting our website, minimalistmomspodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at minimalistmomspodcast. If you'd like to receive our show notes via email, text the word minimalist to 444-999. Thank you for joining up on this journey. We wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.
1: Can you turn the metronome off? Oh, is it (laughs) much? There we go. I feel like I have to talk to the rhythm.